It was 9:15 in the night when we were arrested. I was sent to jail without even being asked a single question. उसको अंदाजा भी नहीं था कि एक फैमिली इश्यू इतना बड़ा क्राइम बन जाएगा These provisions of IPC not only being misused, but they are grossly misused. This is a tool which has been used only to extort money to make a better deal from the marriage. If the wife demands something from the husband's family, like give me the car, give me the house, why that is not called dowry? फोर नाइन्टी एट के केस डाल के ना बेचारे को बर्बाद कर it is incumbent upon a responsive government to rise up to the challenge and to address the problem uh, matters of marriage essentially was a need uh, for me honestly uh, it was in 2011 that my family went through a personal ordeal where uh, you know like the trailer says uh like somebody in the trailer says that you know any dispute that happens in a marriage can actually be turned around into a dowry issue and a domestic violence issue so that exactly is what happened in my family as well where um something that was that did not have an iota of dowry demand iota of domestic violence uh because the marriage was breaking down for some other reason uh, was made into a dowry issue and a domestic violence issue and what really hurt me was that these kind of blatant lies can be told in front of the court most of us as you know regular people middle class people do not really have to face courts or police in our day to day lives and when something in your life happens where you have to actually deal with these things you actually have a set of shock you have fear you especially if you are an accused and you just don't know what's the way out and when that happened with us uh, and uh, honestly without any mistake it was a trigger for me to actually do something about it uh, because most of us when we have personal experience with things uh we understand things in a much better way than otherwise if we are just told about it so that's how matters of marriage started uh my idea was to actually tell people um that they are not alone when they are falsely accused of a dowry or a domestic violence case and there are thousands and thousands of people today men women even children uh, who are implicated in these cases and the most uh, painful experience is when it happens to you you think that you are the only person that this is happening to and you really don't know what to do about it so when it happened to us i thought let me tell people that they are not alone in this battle this is happening a lot uh, to people in various spheres of life and they are dealing with something like this and you're not alone you can seek help you can seek recourse you can seek guidance you can seek advice so matters of marriage is a documentary on misuse of section 498a of the indian penal code uh section 498a basically criminalizes physical and mental cruelty on only a married woman uh by Uh, her husband and his relatives and when i say relatives it can actually be anybody uh there have been cases where even neighbors have been implicated in these cases because they try to sort of you know negotiate they try to sort of intervene they side 
try to sort of advise both the couple that you know do not fight and you know maybe you can salvage your marriage but then uh, when the wife actually filed a 498a case on uh, the husband she implicated the neighbors as well so uh, this was a law that was brought in 1983 and like i say it was a law that was brought to save lives at that time a lot of dowry deaths were happening uh, in the country married women were being tortured and being really uh, put through a harrowing time and that's why the legislature uh, the the lawmakers thought that it was the right time to actually bring a provision that would safeguard the rights of a married woman but uh, unfortunately within few years of passing of the law the provision was being misused for any kind of a dispute that would happen in a marriage uh, it was 1990 um, where first you know sort of started or where reporting of actually misuse of the law started and uh, to my surprise when uh, something happened with me in 2011 which is you know 25 26 years down the line of the law being passed um there was no uh, you know mainstream film there was no mainstream documentary there was no mainstream reportage of uh, this issue when there were so many people who were suffering and uh, that's the time when i decided that i'm going to make a documentary to tell people that you know this is something that can happen to you this is something that can happen to you when you're not at mistake at all and this is something which is happening to a lot many people when marriages break down um, there's a tool that is available to the woman where she can actually go ahead and accuse you of dowry demand and domestic violence when you may not have actually done anything and then you'll be tried and then you'll be tried for years uh, you may prove your innocence but nothing really comes out of it uh like i said 498a criminalizes uh, marital cruelty physical emotional sexual any kind of violence within marriage uh and it's a fact that this kind of behavior can be done by either a man or a woman uh but the criminalization of that behavior happens only when a husband basically is cruel to the wife not when the wife is cruel to the husband so it's a very one sided provision um maybe the lawmakers thought that it was when it was when the, when the law was brought maybe the lawmakers thought that it was the right thing to do but in today's time uh, we see every single day that marital violence happens on both ends uh, husband can also be absolutely cruel to the wife and be violent to the wife but there are enough and more instances where wife uh, or the female partner can actually be very abusive to the husband as well but the provision stays as it is um not just the provision to grant actually rights to the woman but the misuse actually is where the problem arises in 2005 supreme court of india said that misuse of 498a was akin to legal terrorism and when you bring in the word terrorism uh it, it's kind of spreading terror uh, you know and when when you say legal terrorism it's spreading terror through the law despite the recognition that it was akin to legal terrorism the provision stays at as it is uh you know while i was just i was seeing the trailer i was just thinking in my mind that it's been long time that the documentary came and um you know manoj uh, there's a person whose name is manoj who committed suicide because his wife filed uh, or threatened him to file a false 498a on him and his entire family and his brother actually says in the trailer that if the provision is not amended then there will be many more people like manoj who would commit suicide and the fact is that till date uh, there are just so many men who are actually committing suicide because of being implicated in false uh, dowry cases and uh, the lawmakers basically do not pay any heed to it because i don't know if 
lives of men do not matter or uh, you know um, they are just too scared to actually take a stand but it's it's actually time that something is done about this uh, something is done about this issue and this problem uh as a journalist as a documentary filmmaker i am doing my job to tell people that this exists and this needs to change uh but it's certainly upon the lawmakers to actually you know rise up and uh do something about it it's not just about matters of marriage uh for the last 8 years i've been uh, working on men's rights uh i've been working on men's issues like i shared in the beginning the idea was just to make a documentary when i entered this space but then i've been here for the last 8 years there are a lot of issues that concern men today in the country people don't think that men's issues are a legit um, concern to be discussed but then i personally believe and feel that uh, it's extremely important to actually talk about this uh, talk about this because um, we're all humans and suffering of anybody should be eliminated and should be addressed but when it comes to uh, addressing issues that concern men we have very very few people talking about it uh, very few people trying to address this problem because uh, this is seen i don't know why as something which is anti women when it is not because all that we are saying is just the way we protect our women uh, let us protect our men as well uh, when it comes to uh, the issue of uh, liberty dignity self respect i think every human being deserves it and anybody who faces a violation of that uh needs to talk about it and that needs to be addressed as well now uh let me just i'm i'm not going to delve too much into it because um i'm going to go to the questions but uh there are a lot of things that uh, deeply concern men today one is absence of laws uh when we talk about any gender based crimes in india uh whether it's uh, marital cruelty whether it's uh, sexual harassment uh whether it is stalking whether it is rape uh, whether it is domestic violence all of these provisions have existence in the law only for women if a man is experiencing any of this kind of abuse uh the provisions that are available in the law do not sort of apply to him um they are not available to him so the recourse is not available one is so one is absence of laws the second thing is misuse of the provisions that have been made for women uh, i am making a documentary right now which is called india sons which is on false rape cases uh, so you know we it's absolutely uh, essential and it's absolutely uh, important that we have laws for women but it's ridiculous when they get misused and lives are destroyed by that misuse and then there is no deterrent against it that's where uh, that's another problem that men a lot of men are facing today that provisions that have been made for women are being misused against men and boys as well and there is little recourse available to them and third if i may say is absence of data uh because we do not have provisions for men we do not have any data telling how deep the problem is uh and when we do not have statistics it is very difficult to convey to people how uh how big the problem is uh what's the quantification of that problem and that sort of a challenge so these are three important things that are sort of the problem area right now and that's where my work sort of pitches in where i'm telling stories and i'm telling tales of men who are experiencing abuse like this so that at least people know that these things are happening with men and this is sort of an issue that needs to be addressed thank you deepika for introducing us to this uh i have a question to start with on a larger scale i see it as you know the scales which are which are yet to achieve a balance uh if we talk about women's lib yes there was a need for women's lib at a time but then it came to a 
it came to pass like i'm sorry to say but when that uber rape case happened i was not in the favor i like if even if it is a man who's stone drunk at 2 o'clock at night and takes a public transport he has the risk he runs the risk to to get mugged or get looted so i don't know i think that it is take takes time for a society to achieve that kind of balance the law was skewed in favor of men for a very long time now it is skewed in favor of women when do you see this happening in india see abarda i'll tell you something uh, i have uh, said this time and over again uh, we still need uh, a lot of work on women's rights uh, there are a lot of women who do not feel safe because these kind of things are happening on a daily basis with them uh we definitely need rights for women and we definitely need to talk about it uh if 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 i would sort of compare the kind of crimes that happen against men as compared to the crimes that happen against women uh you know there is of course no comparison women go through much 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 harder things and then the kind of gory crimes that happen to women uh are are unimaginable and very sad to and and we come come across them every single day but then the idea is that when we are talking about protection i think we need to talk about protection of everybody because uh these kind of uh incidents happen with men as well uh there are men who are sexually abused as well there are men who are victims of domestic violence as well and to say that we would sort of grant uh, or you know justice only to women against this kind of behavior is i think uh, a little skewed uh, that sort of a societal thing um, and that sort of you cannot control crime no matter how developed any country is crime is everywhere but what the lawmakers can actually do is to give a sense of uh, security to its citizens through my work what i see every single day is that there are a lot of men who feel that they are not secure and the lawmakers have certainly failed to grant security to security to them because if they are attacked if they are abused in a way that the lawmakers do not understand that they can be harassed or attacked by a woman then they feel that there is just no way for them which is i think is sort of a sad thing to feel um and i think that sentiment is growing because uh with women liberation with women empowerment there are just so many men who are going through bad experiences today but they just keep it in their heart because they know one they cannot report because there are no provisions for them and two is nobody would believe them uh and when you actually um when you actually think that nobody is going to believe you about the bad experience that you have i think that's a very sulking feeling and a lot many men who are feeling this sulking feeling today because they do not have protection of the laws which 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 i think is a sad thing yeah i have a few questions uh, ma'am this ipc 498a is this a law applicable only to hindus or to all religions okay uh, uh, so indian penal code uh, 498a is a section under the indian penal code the indian penal code is applicable to everybody irrespective of religion caste creed or anything so a woman uh, who is a wife uh, from any caste creed religion can actually file this case on her husband and his entire family as well so yeah it's not it's not religion specific it's not caste specific the feminism i feel that today it is gone to such an extent that many men have also internalized misandry like today's uh, third wave feminism is quite uh, reduced to man hating okay. men sometimes you, you with suspicion and what about those men who have also internalized the misandry and who are not ready to believe that men also face this like how do you deal with that and that's all about feminists um sort of um the third wave wave of feminism actually going anti men i would um certainly agree with you um um 
from the idea of actually empowering women and actually fighting for men's uh, for fighting for women um, there are a lot of people who actually feel it and i will again go back to people shape their opinions on the basis of their experiences and there are just too many people who experience this hatred in today's time uh, a lot of people especially women actually have uh, issues with me concerns with me that i do not call myself a feminist and i uh, criticize feminism a lot of times but there is a background to it there is an experience to it if you're going to say all men are trash if you're going to put down men all the time if your conversation is hateful then of course people are going to question it of course people are going to have a problem with it nobody has a problem with people fighting for women nobody uh i don't know of anyone uh ever even in the men's rights space i deal with men all the time i deal with men and women uh women who are relatives of these men all the time nobody says nobody has ever said that women should not get rights or women should not get their due or women should not get justice nobody ever says that but all that people are saying is that women getting justice do not mean that you treat men as collateral damages you know uh getting women their rights and getting women their uh, dues does not mean that you deny the rights to a man but sadly uh, feminists do not sort of um, understand this and uh, again there's no generalization but then it's the experiences it's the lived experiences of a lot of people uh, who see that there's a lot of hate that is coming from the feminist movement where they denounce a gender completely because some people do wrong on a daily basis i come across cases of murder of men by women i come across cases of false accusation false accusations on men by women nobody goes around and then starts hating all the women because some women do wrong but then what is really palpable and what is really happening every single day and it's just not my spectrum it's not just my sphere shreya you i'm talking to you for the very first day and if you observe this on twitter you of course have a very different space in which you um, you know operate your social media accounts you would have absolutely different people to follow but then if you are having an experience like that it says something there are more and more people who are actually experiencing this that from the idea of empowerment of women today it's become about hate for men which is not a good thing so yeah it's happening so deepika ji thank you uh, for your brief lecture and opening up this q and a for a long period of time i love q and a's <laughs> um so my first question is um so 498a was uh brought in with a certain objective in mind what i would like to find out if you have data information or whatever about uh how successful it has it has been in meeting its objectives uh, like after its promulgation has those cases reduced or people are a little scared of that or whatever okay um so uh there's 498a and then there's this law called 304b which is dowry deaths um uh, as i shared in the beginning the law was brought in when in 1980s there were a lot of these sorry uh incidents that would happen where the wife uh dies sorry and most of the times these uh cases would be that the matlab uh, gas chule se aag lag gayi aur ya wo jal gayi kisi wajah se ghar mein and there were a lot of these instances that were happening at that time and uh, these would basically uh, go as um, you know sort of uh, incidents of fire or things like that and uh, if there was no enough no, not enough evidence or something it would go as um, you know just just a, you know just a 
casualty which was a natural occurrence but then there were a lot of activists women activists who found that you know the woman was actually being harassed for dowry and uh, that's why the in-laws actually orchestrated all of this and then you know burnt the woman and uh, one of the uh, one of the very prominent crusaders at that time was madhukeshwar and she actually fought for a lot of women at that time and then 19 in 1983498 came which uh, after um, the lawmakers realized that these were not natural deaths these were not uh, you know cases of uh, natural fire or something but these were cases where the woman was actually burnt by in-laws to come back to your question of what has changed um the numbers have uh, only increased uh for years and years and years and years uh and the number of dowry deaths also 304b also have only kept increasing uh but not to say that uh the crimes uh, these are um actually deaths which were which happened due to dowry but i think the provisions actually lent themselves a very uh, easy mechanism where now i i don't usually touch upon this topic but then let me just share some of my experiences um there are cases where the woman would actually commit suicide because she was under depression um because of many reasons and then um for example there was a case that came to me recently where uh this uh, this woman who was a doctor was uh not able to uh give birth to a child uh she had one uh, child who uh, was sort of born dead and after that she had a miscarriage and she was under tremendous depression because of that and eventually she gave up on life no suicide note nothing at all uh no sorry in fact there was a suicide note where she said that you know she's fed up of her life and that's why she is taking her life and she's ending her life uh but her husband is now under uh, uh, the charges of dowry death and he is behind bars and the entire family was implicated then they had a harrowing time so uh the it, it's any any kind of a any kind of a suicide of a married woman within 7 years of marriage also goes uh, gets to be reported a lot of times as dowry death 498 a particularly i think uh, the lawmakers just do not care but as far as conviction rate in 498a is concerned is it's abysmally low abysmally low um and uh, any conviction that happened in 498 cases also happen when there is a when it is uh, filed along with 304b which is dowry death cases which is suicide cases and the the person the husband would be convicted saying you know the woman has committed suicide there must have been some kind of a harassment or a torture and the man gets convicted otherwise 498a conviction rate is extremely low extremely low uh and there have been uh now there have been a lot of researches done where 498a actually as compared to any other uh, you know provision under the ipc has the lowest conviction rate lowest conviction rate so uh i don't know if actually the uh the intention for which the law was brought has been achieved or not and i would once again repeat uh, madam madhukeshwar says this a lot of times even though she was one of the front runners for fighting for women's rights uh, in 1980s and she actually wrote extensively extensively about it she always says this and i i i hope she is heard some day by the lawmakers she says that these laws definitely need a review definitely need a review because they were brought with a certain intent and the intent whether that intent has been achieved or not whether the laws 
that were made with good intent have been uh, are being used for absolutely different purpose this this certainly needs to be reviewed because uh, there is gross abuse and if the genuine victims are not actually getting help of these laws then what what are these laws actually serving purpose of so yeah um, they definitely need a review and to answer you the uh, instances or the incidents have only gone up and not slowed down or reduced at all Uh, good afternoon thank you so much for the talk uh, i work as a counseling psychologist so i'm coming more from that perspective uh, i have come across men who undergone such abuse at work but i've spoke so far i've got to speak to two men who undergone such abuse outside of work and one person actually had a 498a filed against him and uh, one was threatened that that would happen although it did not happen thankfully uh now hearing from both these men when i'm hearing about their wives it seemed to me that there was a, the, uh, again only from what i heard from the man it seemed that uh the woman had a certain personality disorder and it's not for me to diagnose i more work as a counseling not a clinical psychologist but it was eerily similar so i wanted to ask you if you come across this kind of an angle as to why the woman would do this and uh, any kind of psychological profile yeah um okay sanjana right yeah sanjana um it's uh, since you've brought this up let me share uh, something that happened so when i was making matters of marriage uh, um i had funds challenges i did not have money to make the film and there was a time when i just completely had no idea how will i eventually make this happen and then i got to know about somebody who was a entrepreneur and ran a company uh, uh you know with business of uh, with business of millions and millions and i got to know that he was slapped with a 498a after 22 years of marriage okay after 22 years of marriage they had two kids and so i approached this person and i said you know i'm making a documentary like this and i know that you have been accused of it i would want to know your story as well and just ask you can you financially support this project <laughs> you know what this man said he said uh, i will definitely fund your project but don't make it on 498a because the problem is not with 498a the problem is borderline personality disorder bpd can you make a documentary on that because there are a lot of women who suffer bpd and these are the women who do this uh, and there is definitely a disorder i know my wife has a bpd and he had this these many books he had researched so much on borderline personality disorder and he said you know you should shift your focus from 498 to bpd because most of these women who are filing false accusations or filing false cases uh they are suffering with borderline personality disorder and i was like i'm so sorry i cannot go around judging people on their personality traits or you know human behavior and i can't call these women um you know suffering from some kind of a disorder and that's not my objective at all uh, i'm going to talk about a law because that's what is in the framework of provisions by the lawmakers and they need to take an account of it but to come back to what you're saying um yes um in a lot of cases sanjana i honestly feel that uh, there is some problem uh, there's some problem that this person is suffering from because of which they end up doing this because it's not human to see somebody suffer so bad uh, when in a lot of cases uh, it's actually the person who's at mistake you know uh, there are cases where women would have extramarital affairs and uh, you know they would 
they would be absolutely fine uh, in emotionally abusing the husband and gaslighting that person and making that person feel completely inferior and then if the person objects to that affair she would go to her parents place and then file this kind of cases on the man and then ask for huge sums as well you got to be really 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 um um a different kind of human being to be doing that and uh, yes there are cases that i have come across where certainly there is some kind of a personality disorder with the woman uh but again the problem is that the man cannot do anything about it because she wouldn't see a psychologist she wouldn't see a psychiatrist she would think that she is not at mistake and it's a man at mistake and she would actually go to any extent to actually punish him as well so uh but then again it's it's a it's a diagnosis it's a um, it's a psychological diagnosis that no you know ordinary person can do so i would refrain from saying how many people actually suffer from that but yes it definitely happens and the sad thing is that there is no understanding of this concept in our courts invest uh i have uh, had my friends tell me that in cases of domestic violence they actually have um a medical uh, a doctor it's not just the police that gets involved in these cases there are doctors that get involved in these cases the psychologists who get involved in these cases and they analyze the case in in a full spectrum but in india there's no understanding like that there's just no understanding like that and i think it's it's very crucial actually to actually have uh, uh, psychologists uh, involved in these matters but then lives don't matter in india only <laughs> so yeah Yeah. Just, just But yeah, to, I agree. Just to add my two bits, yeah. uh, the borderline personality disorder. The borderline is uh, where where is the border of the borderline? Where do you yeah. dis- from a book written from one perspective? I mean, if I write a book, I would feel that ninety eight percent of humanity has BPD because everybody has idiosyncrasies. Everybody. So in these cases, you'll have parents who had BPD. or yeah. you will have peers of the husband who had bpd or the wife that may you know yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely anybody could be suffering from this these these issues and these are not issues which are uh, which kind of is uh, which you can hold against somebody or something like that these are personality traits and Uh, anybody can be counseled and a lot of these disorders can actually be understood and addressed and the person be coached but the idea is that uh, when these disputes happen nobody looks at this perspective which i think sanjana makes a point and the right point uh, which should actually be looked at uh, because uh, if if the situation hasn't gone out of control i think it 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 can be controlled by counseling by coaching and by actually uh, telling people that okay this is wrong or this is right and things like that uh, but but yes there's no acknowledgement so anybody could su- be suffering from it man woman or anybody but it it's it's uh, where it where i was coming from or i think where sanjana comes from is that you know is it normal for a human being to actually put somebody else to so much of suffering and distress and then be okay with it you know so i think there that, that that's a point yeah um as an activist i would like to know um, you are an activist so uh, from that perspective are you uh, taking this um, men's right into the legal space uh for finding some right anti dot against the um this uh anti day session sections and all and second question you also had said that uh, when the judgments are passed uh, uh you know uh, they are more like biased unfortunately um, biased towards women and um, they are more uh, viewed from the social angle so um, in while handling such cases do they also uh, take the slide detector test where you know 
when uh, there are situations where a man cannot provide enough of evidence due to unfortunate um, situations so these are my questions ma'am thank you but i come from the domain of journalism i'm uh, i i don't come from the domain of law uh, and that's sort of a challenge for me uh, which which sort of limits me in intervening in judicial sort of a way uh, but like i said that's in the pipeline and that's where the future lies for me personally as well and to uh, your um, and honestly um, that's where the men's rights movement actually needs to focus because uh, we can make as much hue and cry about men's issues we can talk as much as we want about men's issues but the real change lies in the courts the real change lies in the parliament uh, thankfully uh there are some parliament members who have actually taken note of this and who have actually spoken about this as well in the parliament but definitely a long way to go because majorly because uh talking about men sort of people view it as anti women for whatever they feel like uh when it is not and it is very risky for anybody was in the position of power to seemingly see like anti women and that's why uh, very few people actually uh, want to do this but i'm sure things will change and uh, people will realize that there are a lot of people who want them to actually speak about these issues and take a stand and i'm sure there will be a change when there are so many false accusations and when you actually start treating words of somebody and this is the case in cases of crime against women and women cases when you start treating the words of somebody as evidence in itself then i think these tests have uh, extreme significance because they can sort of give you some direction as to whether the person is telling the truth and of course then there is cross examination and various ways in which cases get tried but i think this this can actually serve a good purpose uh for sifting the you know the truth from the lie uh but but again uh, judicially they do not have too much of significance they they can just add on they can just be an aid but they cannot be the final end Uh, thank you again for being a very forthright voice uh, in this moment i had a very dear friend of mine uh, who was associated with uh, the matters of marriage video regarding a dna test as uh, some of us may know <laughs> uh, so and, and having been a victim of the process myself uh, you know i have been through the court systems and and i would like to make a few comments followed by a question uh, uh, the one thing that people have raised is about borderline personality disorder so a lot of the individuals right uh, who partake in such uh, you know uh, false cases if i can put it that way do suffer from that and the parents tend to come to the defense to justify why the marriage has failed right so it's kind of more of a blame game and and justification over ke you know hamari galti nahi thi ladka aisa tha kind of so that's one thing and the law allows them to get away the second point is about forensic evidence being a scientist myself i can say that you know a lot of and and in this common friend of ours case you know when the dna evidence which was conclusive in terms of uh, parental rights was not accepted in part by the high court right so our court systems are lacking behind uh, i think they're probably in the dark ages when it comes to recognition of what is uh, scientific evidence for example me being in the us i can say that in typical domestic violence cases or things of that sort as you had rightly suggested ma'am there is counseling uh they do all kinds of due diligence and and they counsel both parties equally right to find out perspectives and it's a judicious assessment of who is at play but our system a neither has the know how b does not have the sensitivity sensitivity and c does not care so i'm not sure how how much i i i know the judicial reforms are needed but you know i think we still have a long way to go but my point was related to in terms of prevention right because obviously uh, anyone in the healthcare field would know prevention is better than cure uh, is there a way that we could disseminate this information so people you know can be a little cautious when they go ahead that theek hai you know shaadi karna it's okay but then you have to be aware of these pitfalls 
because it can take years of your life like in my case it was a short marriage and i lost a decade of my life for nothing right uh, you know and 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 if i tell you what the forensic evidence was it was laughable it was you know a, a cut on a finger made with a knife and a bandaid prescribed uh, <laughs> so well so uh, long story short i just wanted to ask that if there's anything that we could do on our part right to disseminate the information and make others aware so they can be a little more cautious while you know getting into a matrimonial alliance and at least you know doing the due diligence that they need to do to avoid whatever they can um uh, very good question mohit um i honestly um a lot of people ask me this what can be prevention there are a lot of uh, young men who are scared to get married today because they know what's happening around um honestly there is barely anything that a man can do to not land land up into these cases but i had shared few days ago a tweet which actually was shared widely where i think it's very very important to ask very very important questions from your would be partner and i think it's not just for men it's for women as well uh, and and i think it's upon the uh, law makers to probably disseminate information because there's so much only that activists can do it's very important for people to actually ask what uh, the kind of lifestyle uh, people live the kind of uh, basic nature or basic uh, behavioral patterns that people have unfortunately till date in india people get married thinking it's a very you know we have a very we have a we have built a halo around this uh, around marriage and people not realizing that uh you know it can fall apart even though there are so many divorces happening still when people get married they have this you know halo of trust and belief and thinking that you know things will not go wrong and it's a lifelong bond and things like that but think uh, but the fact is the reality is not that today so the only prevention is to actually invest uh some time in knowing the person that you're going to get married to and uh people do so much of research in buying small little things these days but people do uh, people barely do uh, you know exhaustive research when they're marrying somebody uh this is the only prevention i think so there is no other prevention because uh, uh the the law is as such that if a woman goes to the police station the police is bound to register her fir and the fir would be filed on you if the woman presses so uh, and then you will have to defend yourself so uh, there is no prevention there is no there is nothing that a man can do uh, in, in terms of stopping a woman from filing an fir against him of course there are cases in which final reports are filed uh in which uh, the case is proven as false and the, and and the man gets away uh and and sort of saves himself from all of this but it needs extreme amount of evidence like some things that definitely a man side can do is to document whatever the give and take is uh, during the marriage so that exorbitant claims cannot be made in terms of expenditure on the marriage that's the only thing that can they can do there's no other thing uh, i was just wondering do you think a prenup agreement or something like that would help in... sanjana we do not have uh, prenup agreements are not legal in india uh, oh, okay. i think uh, the only uh, territory in which they are accepted is goa uh, i've heard this uh, again i do not have any experience i haven't met anybody who has uh had prenup agreement in goa and that was accepted in case of divorce i have just heard this so i do not uh, so uh, otherwise uh, nowhere else prenup agreements are accepted in india <clears throat> uh the women and child development uh, the wcd ministry has been delving into the space uh, where they are definitely looking at prenup agreements uh but um uh, if uh, 
the WCD ministry is going to, you know, undertake this assignment, then I'm pretty sure that they're going to come out with very biased uh, and one-sided uh, acceptance of a prenup agreement. So yeah, there are no prenup agreements in India. And even if you have a prenup agreement, uh, nothing stops a woman from filing a criminal case. So even if you have had a prenup agreement, she can say that I was tortured. So yeah, doesn't stop her from filing criminal cases. I think they can just help in terms of maybe financial settlement, that's it. We have run out of time, but Deepika, I have one last question. Yes. As a married woman, uh, when I was going through, uh, it was not an uh, anti-dowry thing. It was not a dowry abuse. It was abuse, sheer abuse, physical, mental, emotional, uh, at the hands of a person who was uh, a drug addict. You know, he was diseased, basically. Nice person, but diseased. Uh, as a married woman in India, in under the Hindu Marriage Act, you p virtually have no options. If you go to the court for a divorce, they will try their best to bring you. So like uh, what is admissible in the court is that you're being tortured or beaten up or, uh, you know, we sold ourselves so short. The benchmark is so bloody low. It's so low that unless he's like beating you, it's okay. They really don't consider that. I mean, I mean, uh, so I was told by my lawyers that you slap an anti-dowry thing, I'm glad common sense prevailed. It took me a long time to go through that uh, divorce. It took, and it took me a lot of um, uh, collateral material damage. But uh, option So but lawyers there is no way you can ask for a divorce. No, otherwise. no, I, I, I don't agree with that, Aparna. I think, uh, you know, uh, if, if a person, there's, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a term called coming to the court with clean hands and unclean hands. Uh, the maintenance provisions uh, in, in the uh, law are very clear. Uh, the husband has to provide for to the woman, uh, especially if she is not capable of earning and things like that. Uh, and as a kahi pe bhi nahi likha hai ki aap dowry case karke hi maintenance mang sakte ho ya dowry case karke hi apne rights mang sakte ho. If you go to the court with very simple uh, uh, saying that you know this is this is this is the fact of the case and this is why. Uh, I feel abused in the marriage. Uh, it's not that the courts will not hear. It's not that ju judges will not hear. Uh, again, what I uh, what you're telling me is definitely a truth. Uh, again, judges are also coming from the social spectrum. They are also uh, coming from the same society as we do. And unfortunately, People think that physical abuse nahi ho raha hai. Physical abuse ho raha hai, toh hi abuse hai. Otherwise, toh har cheez ko hum chalta kar dete hai. But woh sabke saath hota hai. Lekin aisa nahi hai ki agar aapko, uh, agar aap sirf apne emotional abuse ke baare mein court ko batayai, toh woh nahi sunegi. Aisa nahi hai. There, there, are, there are women who do not lie, who uh, mention in their divorce petition that this is the abuse that they went through and this is why they want to separate. And in their maintenance petitions, they say that uh, this is what the person needs to be needs to do because I have been abused in the marriage in that and that way. And there is maintenance granted. But again, um, those who are educated can do this and can understand this. But huh, I agree with you. Most of the lawyers do uh, misguide and do uh, you know wrongly advise women to actually take. Uh, recourse of so these, I'll, of all the allegations. Sorry uh, to interrupt you, Deepika. Yeah, yeah. Two clinches to two clinchers to this. One is that the guy was not earning. I was the one earning. So I was mm. told, "Aapko alimony deni padegi." In fact, because he's aapko maintenance dena padega. Yeah. Number two, I wanted a mutual divorce through mutual consent. I would get the three done. It is my right, you know. Yeah. I was told by the lawyers, but the process is so long. After two and a half years, I just said that enough is enough. So that so, is so why. Aparna, in fact, uh, uh, going back to, I don't remember who asked this question. And so this was, 
this was 16 years ago so yeah, 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 things may have changed absolutely no 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 things have not changed honestly and i'm telling you uh, when i get into debate with women's rights activists and feminists uh, i i often tell them that you know uh, has your fight actually led to real changes even for women you know the system is so slow the uh, the system is so lethargic that whether it's a man or a woman going to court itself is such an ordeal is sort of an sort of a harassment uh, whether it's for a man or a woman it's not that women also have it very easy not at all uh, indian courts function in a way which is more of harassment than giving justice to anybody so i completely agree with you uh, instead of focusing on reforms which is police reforms and judicial reforms which would probably lessen this time of trial for both man and woman and probably aping from the west on how quickly they resolve their cases we have just gotten you know provisions from them and adding them to grant you know justice to women you know domestic violence act uh, Apparently, it is to save a woman from domestic violence. यहाँ पे छः छः महीने तक hearing ही नहीं होती case की तो कौन से domestic violence से आप बचा रहे हो किसी औरत को? मतलब it it is so stupid and that's why like I said somebody had asked the question before these laws need to be reviewed so much. आपने कोई provision किसी specific purpose के लिए बनाया है ये तो देख लो कि वो कोई purpose solve कर रहा है कि नहीं कर रहा है. उसका कोई इफेक्ट हो रहा है कि नहीं हो रहा है किसी के साथ एक्चुअल में डोमेस्टिक वायलेंस हो रही है देर आर वेमेन हु नॉट अर्निंग यू नो एंड दे आर सो हेल्पलेस एंड दे नीड मनी एक एक साल तक उनके केस ही हेयर हो रहे हैं और उनको कोई मेंटेनेंस नहीं ग्रांट हुई है या कोई मेंटेनेंस नहीं दे रहा तो कुछ नहीं हुआ मतलब द प्रोसेस इज सो लिथार्जिक एंड सो सैड दैट इट्स इट्स हेरासमेंट not just for men uh, it's it's for women as well who are genuine victims so we really need to question and review on what are these laws actually serving the purpose of yeah, yeah. uh ma'am uh, there might be some men who do not believe in the uh, whole uh, thing what men go through and who have internalized the misandry themselves like yeah especially among leftists because uh, they automatically think that uh, since it's a patriarchy men are automatically privileged but many people including men don't realize that even in patriarchal societies men also bear the brunt and suffer so for those men who do not agree with this uh, men's issues and do not believe in it who have internalized misandry themselves how do we deal with them and how do we make them aware of it like, ma'am how do you do shreya i'm telling you something with my years of experience okay uh if somebody doesn't want to believe you if somebody doesn't want to hear you and if somebody is extremely restricted by their thought process do not waste your time on them just do not waste your time on them let them be in their cocoon and there definitely be some day when they will realize uh that they were wrong because somebody close to them would probably suffer and then they will realize that this is not something that people are just talking about or rambling about for no good reason uh there is a reason for it uh i used to waste a lot of time on people who are uh, and in fact uh, yesterday on wednesday i had a webinar uh, and uh, there was somebody who was again and again rambling on this and i gave my peace of mind to that person but i used to take up a lot of these battles earlier on social media now i don't anymore because jisko nahi samajhna usko nahi samajhna hai agar kisi ko samajhna hai to wo aapse kuch puchhega ya usko thoda sa understand karne ki koshish karega lekin jisko nahi samajhna hai wo aapko hazar reason dega wo cheez na samajhne ke liye so people especially men who are full of misandry see that also come from a they don't realize that they are also intrinsically too much patriarchal to think that men cannot go through abuse or men do not have 
face any problems they don't realize that they are themselves also victims of the same patriarchal thinking to think that men do not suffer uh, but nothing that you tell them will be able to change their thinking so don't waste time on them that's my only advice to all uh, the participants please watch martyrs of marriage it's a good piece of work